Lord, if you want to take them downstairs, amen, and we're going to be looking into the word of the Lord tonight. I'm going to be teaching on this subject, such is the kingdom, amen, such is the kingdom, Mark chapter 10 and verse 13, amen, Mark chapter 10 and verse 13. I think I'll be reading down 13, 14, 15, <coughs> <coughs> maybe into 16. Such is the kingdom. Mark chapter 10, verse 13 reads like this. And it reads, and they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought him. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And I like this. And he took them in his arms and put his hands upon them and blessed them. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word tonight, Lord. I ask you, God, to help us, help me, God, as I try to teach on this subject. Lord God, help us to receive it, embrace it, Absorb it into every fiber of our being tonight, Lord. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. God is so good. Brother Isaiah, why don't you come up here? Usually there's a couple people back there, but since there's only you, I'll just have you come up here. I love the Word of God. Everybody love the Word of God. Yes. Praise God. It's so rich, and it's so, it's so deep. Amen. And this probably isn't going to be a very deep lesson. Amen. But it is a very rich lesson. Sure. Yeah, I'll take that. You're going to pop that. This probably isn't going to get me too far, but I appreciate it, Brother Joe. <clears throat> Amen. We've been trying to work through the book of Mark for, it feels like forever. Amen. It's, it's probably been about a year. Amen. And we're only in chapter 10. Amen. And uh, I, I've really, I really enjoy it. But in our story, uh, it's... It's pretty amazing how God just shows us different scenarios, different lessons. He always takes opportunity to teach his disciples, amen. And the awesome thing about Jesus is, you know, as you know, we know he, he was God manifested in the flesh. So uh, I don't know a whole lot of people that really understand God. In fact, I don't know anybody that really understands God. The only 
areas that we do understand him is when he reveals certain things to us. Amen. And that's because he wants us to learn a valuable lesson. And since the disciples did not always grasp what Jesus was teaching, there were many times where Jesus would have to separate himself and his disciples away from the distractions, the distractions of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the multitudes, amen, all the voices and all the noise and all the clamor, amen, and sometimes he would take them to a solitary place, a place where they could be alone, a place where he could expound the scriptures to them, expound the stories, amen, that he was uh, trying to uh, teach and preach. Isn't it awesome when God calls you to a solitary place? And it's in that place where God deals with you and he talks to you and he teaches you and he, he gives you revelation, praise God. And it's here that uh, we read where Jesus begins to teach about the kingdom of God. I love thinking about God's kingdom. It's, it's such an awesome, awesome place to be. Amen. The kingdom of God should never be a place where we are bored or... Uh, we have no interest. The kingdom of God should be a place of excitement. Yeah. Amen. It's, that's why Pentecostals, we get excited about being in the house of God and being in the kingdom of God because we realize uh, who we are and who he is. And when someone gets excited about something new, in most cases, their outward expression is a reflection of what they're feeling on the inside. It does seem like sometimes when you see someone that's excited about God's kingdom, their, their outward appearance, it, it's, it's altered, their countenance is, is altered. There's a glow, there's a, there's a, shiny, a shine that comes, um, comes from within the individual. Let me give you an example of what I'm trying to say. A couple of days ago, probably a week, week and a half ago, maybe two weeks, amen, uh, we had a lot of family members at our home, and uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. We had a lot of kids. There must have been 30 people at our house, amen, and the kids, they were so excited, amen. They came into our house, and they saw all the gifts and the Christmas presents, and uh, they were so excited about what was in those presents. And they might have came in all, you know, not excited maybe, but when they saw the presents and, and they were in that atmosphere where, where they knew that they were going to receive something, amen, there was such an excitement in, in, in their face and they'd start running around the house and it, and it drove me a little bit crazy, I'm not going to lie, but... But, you know, I, I let them have their, ha, have their peace. That's what they came there for. They came there to receive something, and, and they were excited, and I wasn't going to hold them back. Praise God. Because there was an expectation. 
There was an expectation of excitement. There was an expectation of receiving something, not just from grandma and grandpa, but from everybody. It was just a family reunion. It was a fellowship that we all enjoyed. Amen. I even enjoyed it. Praise God. And I think in many areas of our life, in many areas that we're going to try to explore tonight, whether it be talking about new toys or uh, new relationships or even a new life in the kingdom of God, uh, it's something to be excited about. It's something to embrace, praise God. There is a feeling of excitement. Amen. And so for the next few minutes, just for the next few minutes, we're going to look at Mark chapter 10, or at least just these couple of verses, and try to dissect it a little bit. It says, and they brought young children to him, to Jesus, that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. And the response that Jesus had wasn't a response of excitement. He was, the Bible says he was displeased. He wasn't just uh, upset but he was much displeased he was he he was saddened that they would not allow the children to come to him see these 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 kids they were they were so excited and why were they excited they were excited because jesus acknowledged them he was acknowledging them jesus just wanted to spend time with these children praise god there's no doubt in my mind that the fame of Jesus was spread abroad, amen. And many heard about all the miracles that Jesus had performed. The raising of the dead, the blind eyes that were open. And many people, like these children, they just wanted to be with Jesus. And for some reason, the disciples, amen, did not want the master to be bothered praise God they they just didn't want him to be bothered with these these children maybe it was because they felt that these children were I guess you could say insignificant and the point is this Jesus is concerned not just about the big things in life he's also concerned about the little things in life Jesus was not looking at the little children from the disciples' perspective. Jesus was looking at the little children from his perspective. Praise God. When Jesus saw what the disciples were doing, the Bible says again that Jesus was much displeased. You see, the kingdom of God, the place that we enjoy, this this kingdom atmosphere, this thing that we all share together, the, this, this, this kingdom realm that we are so excited to be part of was never meant to be a selfish kingdom. It was never meant to be a kingdom just for me, amen. It is a kingdom that is supposed to be shared amongst everybody. Praise God. It can never be a selfish kingdom. That is, God's kingdom is a kingdom that is supposed to be open to all people. Everyone say all people. 
all people. Jesus wants us to approach him with the little things in life, even the small concerns that we have. There's nothing in God's eyes that is insignificant. Jesus is concerned about every aspect of our lives. Even the things that we think that are not important, Jesus wants us to, be, to, wants us to share these things with him. Praise God. I think that's awesome. You see, the word of God is meant to touch everyone that desires to be touched. I like that. I like that. The word of God wants to reach out and touch somebody. Jesus just wanted to reach out and touch somebody. And so they brought the young children to him. He said, no, suffer them not to come. I want to touch them. I want to be with them. He says, and they brought the young children to him that he should touch them. There are a lot of people in our world tonight that lack spiritual understanding of who the master is and, watch this, the benefits of his kingdom. Did you know that the kingdom of God has a lot of benefits for his people? There's so many benefits that we have not tapped into that God has awaiting for us, praise God. Jesus himself said, whomever wants to benefit from the kingdom of God must come as a little child. In other words, we must approach him in the spirit of humility. Praise God. You can't force God, amen, to give you something, amen. God gives it out of the abundance of his heart. But there's an attitude that we must have in order to receive these blessings. What Jesus was saying is in order to receive the benefits he has for us, we must go back to the garden and be recreated. Well, what does that mean to be recreated? In other words, we have to start over. When we come out of the world, we can't bring our worldly ideas, our worldly attitudes into the kingdom of God and force God to give us something. Jesus says, no, no, no. You've got to go back to the garden. You've got to be born again. You've got to start over, praise God. And this, I believe, is what he was teaching in the book of John, chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. It says, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Unless you start over and allow God's spirit to recreate you, you cannot have the benefits that God has for you in the kingdom of God. It's a spiritual restoration. You have to be restored spiritually in order to receive these benefits that God has. He says, that which is born of flesh is flesh. Whatever flesh has to offer, that's all you're going to receive. But then he backs it up and he says, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not, he told Nicodemus, that I said, that I said this unto you. You must be born again. 
I like that word. Me and Brother Brad talked about this a while back. He says, ye must be born again. He was talking to Nicodemus, and he says, Nicodemus, I'm telling you that everybody needs to be born again. This word ye is a, is a plural word. It's, it's a word for everybody, praise God. He just wasn't talking to Nicodemus. He was talking to everybody. Praise God. You see, there's nothing that flesh can do that can inherit the kingdom of God. Therefore, we must be born again. Flesh represents our natural way of thinking. Think about that. Our natural way of thinking. Amen. That's why we need to be spiritually transformed so we can receive, amen, the mind of God so we can communicate with God. We were all born with a fallen nature and so we were all affected by this fleshly thinking, this carnal thinking. Man was so impressed and is so impressed with his acknowledgments and his goodness. But Jesus said, ye must be born again. Ye must start over, praise God. You cannot bring that worldly mindset into the church, praise God. You have to submit yourselves, praise God, under the mighty hand of God. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, He took them up into his arms. I love this. And he put his hands upon them, and he blessed them. He blessed them. He took them up into his arms, and he blessed them. You see, Jesus puts effort into reaching people. He's the one who initiated that contact. He's the one who reached out and he lifted them up to a place where they could not get on their own. Thank you, Jesus. He wanted to bless them, amen, but the carnal, the, our carnal nature or their carnal nature did not want them to be exposed to Jesus. They were coming to him as little children, amen. They were coming to him in a state of humility. And when that happened, Jesus could not refrain from reaching out and touching them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He puts effort into reaching people. He puts effort into lifting them to a place that they've, that they've never been. If anyone is to benefit, in the kingdom of God, it always begins as we come to Jesus as a little child. And when we do, he separates us from terra firma. He separates us from the world. He picks, them, he picks those little kids up and they're disconnected from the world. Amen. And he begins to minister to them. He begins to talk to them. He begins to love them, amen. And it would have never happened in your life if Jesus would have never initiated that personal contact, praise God. You would never have the relationship you have right now if Jesus would have never initiated, praise God, that contact that you have with him right now. He would have never got you to that place where you are right now if Jesus would have never initiated it. 
It's nothing that you do. It's nothing that I do. It's always what he does. Praise God. You can never get to the place where God wants you to be on your own. You need help. I need help. And the only way we're going to get to that place is if we approach him in a place of humility. Praise God. 1 Peter Chapter 5 and verse 5 says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. And be clothed with humility. As I was reading this, God was telling me, you know, God, God recognizes your wardrobe, if you will. He recognizes what you're clothed with how do you come to God do you come to God in in in, in your pride and in, in your in your in your attitude or do you come to God as a little child praise God in a in a place of humility God I don't deserve this kingdom lifestyle praise God but God I'm trusting in you and I just love you God and I just want to be touched by you it goes on and says, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. In other words, you're clothed, you're clothed with power. You're clothed with grace. Grace means power, having power with God. Praise God. When you submit yourself and you put on that wardrobe of humility, God gives you power. Why? Because you're in alignment with God. And whenever you line up with God, God cannot help but empower you to do what God has called you to do. That is the purpose of God. That's what God has always intended for you to be. Mm. He says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Under. Everyone say under. Under the mighty hand of God. Don't try to lift yourself up above God. You can never get there, my friend. <laughs> Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Why? That he may exalt you in due time. When we submit ourselves, we have power from on high. That's powerful. When we're walking with God and we're, and we're walking in this place of humility, God gives us power. Power to live above sin. Power to fight the enemy, praise God. It's not us that are, it's not us that are fighting when we understand that it's the power of God as God works through us. How do we do that? By casting all our care upon him, for he careth for you. When you try to take the cares of this world upon yourselves, amen, you relinquish the power because now you're trying to do God's work on your own. That's God's job. It's not my job. I can't defeat anybody. I can't heal anybody. I depend on God to fight my battles. Be sober, 
Be vigilant. Vigilant is the act of keeping a careful watch. Who are we being vigilant from? Amen. A lot of times it's from me. I have to be careful that I am not allowing myself and my pride to step out of line. Because when I step out of line, I step out of purpose. And if I step out of purpose, I step out of alignment, praise God. And there's anything that I do not like, amen, is riding down a road in a car that doesn't have the right alignment. You veer off course, your car starts shaking. Doesn't feel good, praise God. It says, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Did you know that he cannot devour you? Praise God. But he sure is going to try to trip you up. He's going to tell you that God doesn't love you or God doesn't care about you or God, God has no interest in the insignificant things that you feel are not important to God. I believe Jesus reveals his purpose to us we must also have a desire, watch this, to invest into the kingdom of God. There has to be an investment. Let me say it again. There has to be an investment. You have to give of yourself. You have to sacrifice something. You should want to sacrifice something it is the least you can do. I mean, some of we're talking about this this morning. That's the least you can do. The giving of your tithes and your offerings and, and all this other stuff, that, that's a byproduct. That's nothing. That's the least we can do. We need to sacrifice above and beyond that. Matthew 13 and 44 says, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hidden in the field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth. And for the joy thereof, go and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. There's a couple quotes that I found. Uh, actually, I don't remember where I found it. But one of them was, Don't look for the needle in the haystack. Just buy the haystack. Just buy the haystack, amen. If the, if the needle's in the haystack, you're looking for it, praise God. Just buy the entire thing. Is that what he's talking about in Matthew? I think so. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hidden a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for the joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he had. He was going to make an investment he knew if he could purchase that field, amen, he could be wealthy. And if you invest into the kingdom of God, you're storing up for your treasures. Praise God. He goes on to say, Matthew 13 and 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. Again, another quote. How many millionaires do you know who have become wealthy by investing into a savings account? I rest my case. You don't get a lot, praise God. 
They want to make you feel like you're getting something, but you're not getting a lot. You have to make an investment. Matthew 13 and 46 says, Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it? The last quote I found is, The biggest risk of all is not taking one. You have to take risk. You have to take a risk. You have to take a chance on God. You have to take a chance that God knows exactly what he's doing. You have to invest in the kingdom of God. When a person finds something so valuable, their excitement, there is an excitement because this newfound treasure is something they've never experienced before. Never experienced before. I've never felt this feeling before in my entire life. I've never learned the things that I've learned as when I came to God that I knew in the world before. I've never experienced, I've never learned it. It's something brand new to me. And I've learned that it's so valuable that it causes an excitement inside of me and I just want more. I just want to dig deeper into that treasure chest I want to know Jesus. I remember a while back, I uh, we all get into these get-rich ideas, amen. I don't know if you guys ever do that, but I have a couple things here and there, and I remember uh, I decided to invest in some cryptocurrency. And uh, I heard that it could make you rich. It, maybe it will. I don't know. I've been, I've been watching it. Yeah, I, I've been watching it. And I was so excited because I heard that it could make, a, make me a lot of money, praise God. And everyone you're talking to about this cryptocurrency, they're really in the same boat as I am, praise God. They're just trying to get everybody else excited. But as I watched the crypto market go up and down, I came to a stark realization, Brother Brad, that this road to riches was going to be a long-term investment. It wasn't going to happen overnight. Could it? Yeah, it could. If I die and go to heaven, <laughs> praise God, it happens overnight, amen. But I'm learning it's going to take time. Praise God. I'm going to have to invest it. I'm going to have to be sold out, amen, for this kingdom life, amen. Because such is the kingdom. Such is the kingdom. It's going to be a long-term investment. There's going to be ups and downs in the market, praise God. You're going to have your highs and you're going to have your lows, you're going to be balanced sometimes, praise God. But most of the time in kingdom living, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. It's going to be a roller coaster ride. But the end result is the ride's going to end sooner or later, praise God. And if you stay on that ride, if you stay connected, if you stay on the tracks, there's a reward 
for each and every one of us. And so I had to ask myself, and I think it would be wise to ask yourself, did I have the courage to endure through the ups and downs of this new investment, this crypto market, praise God. I used to watch it every single day, up, down, up, down, up, down. Finally, I got so fed up with it, I just pushed it away. Doesn't mean that I don't get on there and look every now and then. I put $500 in, and it went down to like $349, and I'm like, man, I wanted to pull my money out. I wanted to stop. I wanted to just pull my money out. But I decided I am going to see through it to the end. You see, anything of value is going to take time. It's going to take time. Because we have to understand a few things about investing. First, what have we invested in? What is the kingdom of God to you? Is it worth a lifetime of ups and downs? It's not always going to be like that, praise God. If you let God help you, praise God, you will get over those ups and downs, amen. Still going to be there, it's just not going to affect you the way it did when you first got into the kingdom of God. You've learned over a period of time that God's going to take care of you, and as your faith builds, amen, you push that other stuff away, and you just rely on God. You trust in God. Number two, what are the risks? Praise God. There are risks. The risk of us quitting and not following through with our investment, we're going to lose some things, amen. In some cases, we'll lose everything. So is our long-term investment worth the risk? For me, it is. Praise God. And number three, what's the final outcome? Luke chapter 12, verse 34 says this, For where your treasure is, hmm, I think we all know this, there will your heart be also. What is most valuable to you in this world? What's most val valuable to you in your life? Is it worldly possessions? Is, is it the kingdom of God? Only you can ask that question. Only you have the answer. You can say, nope, I'm, I'm not going to go through with it. That's your choice. That's your option. Praise God. But I'm sold out. I've purchased the field. Praise God. I've invested everything that I have into this kingdom. Why? Because I believe that the benefits that God offers is for me. I believe that the prompt, no, I don't believe. I know that the promises that God has in this precious book are for me, praise God. And I'm telling you tonight, the promises that God has for you, praise God, are in this book, and they are true, and they are real, and it's alive, praise God. It's real. It's real. All you have to do is reach out and grab it. That's all you have to do. Reach out and grab it. It is tangible. 
It is real. It is alive. Amen. But you have to make an investment. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your word today, God. You're such a good God, Lord, and I just thank you for the people of God. I thank you for this marvelous and great and wonderful kingdom, Lord Jesus. And thank you for letting us, us, your people, be part of it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You are dismissed.